Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Slasher Street, a brand new horror podcast where each week I will be reviewing a different horror movie from our collection. My name is Ryan Devlin, thank you so much for joining me once again and I hope you're all having an awesome week. If you didn't catch the first episode, which is now available, where we discuss 1984's classic A Nightmare on Elm Street, let me reintroduce myself. I am a dad... I am a gig promoter, I'm a professional wrestling ring announcer, and on top of all of that, I am a huge, huge horror movie fan, which is what has uh, driven me on to start this horror movie podcast. So, without any further ado, let's get into it, let's talk horror movies. And uh, this week we are going to be discussing the cult classic, a film that really splits people's opinion right down the middle. It's people either love this film or people despise this film. (laughs) There is no in the middle. There's no middle ground here. You either love it or you hate it. And I am, of course, talking about the complete left field, the complete wacky, the complete insane Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. One of the most crazy uh, sequels you will ever watch in your entire life. Now... Before we get on to talking about the actual movie itself, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and my thoughts on the franchise in general and where a few of the issues actually lie and I think where a few people who dislike this movie, where their issues lie as well. Now, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a really difficult franchise because it lacks continuity. Bar Leatherface, the one of the most iconic characters, of course, in, in horror history, it really lacks um, continuity. Um, and it, each film, in especially the original series, is completely different to the next. Of course, you have uh, Toby Hooper's original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which still to this day is one of the most iconic and scary films. It, it still stands up to this day as one of the best horror films ever made you know it, it just a gritty documentary style nature of the film it really you know you can watch that today and you, and it feels like you're watching a, a 70s uh, documentary on these poor kids and what happened to them um, then you have this one texas chainsaw massacre 2 um which now just so you know where i am on the spectrum here or shall i say off the spectrum texas chainsaw massacre 2 is my favourite movie in this franchise, and it's why I've chosen it as episode two of this podcast. I'm not saying it's the best movie in the in the in the franchise. Um, I'm not saying it's the best made movie in the franchise. I'm not even saying it makes any sense whatsoever. But for me, this is a movie I can just stick on, lie back with a beer, and enjoy from start to finish. And it's it's a hell of a ride. Um, so anyway, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. It has the same kind of characters from the original movie. Drayton Sawyer is still there. Leatherface is still there. It introduces us to introduces us rather to a whole host of other um, characters as well. And uh, but it is completely different to the original. And and obviously the the continuity of this one it goes right out the window because it's it's nothing like the original. It doesn't have the same feel or anything. Um, then you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre three Leatherface, which again that film has nothing to do with 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and doesn't really, again, apart from Leatherface, have anything to do with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 for me feels almost like a soft reboot. It, it feels like a totally separate chain of events that happened in kind of an alternative universe that obviously it is a, it is a Chainsaw Massacre in Texas featuring Leatherface, but it's not really a sequel of the two films that came before it then you have texas chainsaw massacre the next generation which is without a doubt a reboot that is a hard reboot um i mean they're not even the sawyer family in texas chainsaw massacre the next generation again continuity goes right out the window um leatherface he's you know you kind of see him in some of the in some of the earlier um, movies where he's you know wearing makeup and things but he's a full drag act you know he is um uh, transvestite in this film it's completely crazy matthew mcconaughey he puts in an oscar worthy performance now you think ryan you're insane texas chainsaw massacre for the next generation it was made for like half a million dollars you're saying someone deserves to win an oscar if you've not seen that film go and watch it matthew mcconaughey i think it's like one of his first movies he ever made and a fun fact actually this movie is the first time Matthew McConaughey comes out with his now iconic catchphrase, all right, all right, all right. Don't believe me? Watch the movie. My wife didn't believe me either. I put it on and she loved it. (laughs) It was the only part of the movie she loved, but you know, it's in there. So again, that movie, it's a completely different story. It goes off in a completely different direction. Nothing like the three films that came before it. A totally different family. Leatherface is there, but they're called the Slaughter family. They're not the Sawyer family. It's totally different, you know. So that's your original four in the series. And really, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the only one that feels like a sequel to the original it's made by the same guy toby hooper but it's a totally different film and then of course you've got the two remakes which are absolutely awesome texas chainsaw massacre the remake texas chainsaw massacre the beginning for me that those two movies are the best two remakes that have ever been made in horror you think about all the 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 movies that have been remade or rebooted over the last kind of 10 15 years nightmare on elm street friday the 13th rob zombie with his halloween with his take on halloween those two films i'm not saying they're perfection but they're very close and they can stand up against the original um they're just they are awesome they really are awesome and again i'm sure everyone has has watched those two films probably more so than texas chases are massacre two three and four but um yeah, those 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 films are absolutely awesome. So, and then you have you know Leatherface and um, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I'm not really a huge fan of either of those two of those two movies. They're okay, you know. I don't really see them as part of the overall front uh, overall series, shall I say? Because you got one to four, which is the original series, even though most of them have nothing to do with each other. And then you have the remakes Uh, and i feel that's good enough for me so i feel that's where people a lot of people's troubles lie with texas chainsaw is there's no uh, uh, continuation of any of the stories it's it's just everything seems to just change and go completely out the window and let's just throw something at the wall and see what see what fits but this particular episode we are talking about texas chainsaw massacre 2 specifically and uh 
as I say, this is actually my favourite film in the uh, in the franchise. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this one. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk horror movies in particular. Let's get into it. Let's talk the crazy Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. You got one choice, boy. Sex or the saw? Sex is, well, nobody knows. But the saw, the saw is family. (laughs) Right then, let's get into this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. As I say, it's one of the craziest sequels, one of the most insane movies you will ever have the pleasure of watching. Now, as I said earlier on, I could just put this movie in sit back with a beer, let my troubles float away, because this is just, it's around 100 minutes of pure insanity. And really, it starts off at 100, and it finishes at 100. It does not mellow at all. Um, and I think that's very where some people's issue is with the film, because it is it is a long film. It's really set in in two different places it's set either in the radio studio or it's set in the uh, the texas uh is it the texas battleground theme park so it's really only set in two places throughout the whole film now obviously this film is totally different to the original the original is gritty it's i don't know it has a homemade feel it is dirty it's you know it's it's discolored it's you know very you know you are there you are there in person you are watching this and you feel you are there this film could not be more different to the first it's bright it's colorful it has almost kind of mid-80s neon style uh to it it's it's really completely different to the to the first one now we do have returning characters in this one we have uh jim seidel returning as the cook drayton sawyer and leatherface returns but it's a it is a different person playing leatherface in this one it is bill johnson and they think this is the only film that bill johnson um did i think he just did this one i think he did a a a comedy version of the texas chainsaw massacre um which is obviously completely different to the story but yeah i think this is the only film uh, bill johnson did we have dennis hopper in this one as uh, lieutenant lefty one of the most um entertaining characters in this film shall we say now dennis hopper went on uh, record to say that this was the worst film he'd ever done I don't know. You know, I haven't seen a lot of Dennis Hopper films, but I know he played... Did he play King Cooper in the Super Mario Brothers? So, this film's a lot better than the Super Mario Brothers, and he plays a much better character, so... I don't know. Maybe he forgot he'd done the Super Mario Brothers movie. But, you know, I enjoy Lefty in this film. And we have Caroline Williams as Stretch, who is our lead heroine. Um, Stretch, I'm a real big fan of this character. I think she is... Um, you know, she's cool, she's she's sassy, she's she makes a lot of smart decisions in this film, which is one of my pet hates with horror films of the decisions that the, the lead heroine and, and the people who end up eventually getting killed off, um, the decision that the decisions that they make. Um, but she makes a lot of smart decisions in this film. She's really cool. She's the radio DJ over in the radio station. Um, her and her pal LG, who is also a great they're just a great team. Uh, and of course we have the 
um, the debut of one of my favourite actors in the world, Bill Moseley, who plays Chop Top Sawyer, who was written into this film... Basically, they said that he's a Vietnam veteran, so when the events of the original film were taking place, he was out fighting in Vietnam. Um, Bill Mosley's awesome. Come on. You know, he is an awesome actor, and um, this was his... I think this was his debut. Um, and what a character to do it in Chop Top Sawyer. Chop Top is, is really the saving grace of this film. And I feel like if he wasn't in it, I feel like it, it, it would maybe struggle. Um, but he adds a lot of the craziest craziness to the, to this movie. Um, so the, the movie starts with the, the, uh, the monologue, you know, where they... Uh, the again same as the first one they have like a, a narrator going through the, the previous events of what happened and it tells that sally who was the lead heroine or the the last girl in the original texas chainsaw who got away she ended up being you know locked up and uh she ended up being uh in a catatonic state uh, so that's kind of where uh we see you know that the sally unfortunately you know and you look back on it that's what would happen. You know, she's just went through an absolutely traumatic event here. She's seen all of her friends get cut up uh, with a chainsaw. She's then been taken to the dinner table and been made to, you know, the grandpa's drinking of blood. Anyway, you know, it's a different movie. We'll get to that another time. But it does say that she was uh, left in a catatonic state, so she won't be um, she won't be reappearing in this uh, in this franchise. Um, I find it interesting, you know, just again, we'll talk about a little trivia at the end here, but this wasn't the original idea for this film, which is insane. There was, a, there was an original concept, which I think to, it must have been Toby Hooper's concept, where it would have been, you know, the cook, Drayton and Sawyer, and um, I suppose Leatherface would have been in it as well, and there was going to be like a town, uh, a town of cannibals, um, a town of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre people. It's uh, it would have been it would have been insane. It sounds an insane concept, but the movie studio was like, no, that's too much. You need to rewrite it, and somehow it was rewritten to be this movie, which I find insane because this movie sounds completely more left field than the original idea. In fact, the original idea was really cool, and I feel like. You know, in this day and age where people are just remaking and rebooting everything, that would have been a really that would be a really cool film uh, to make. And I think it was going to be called "The Legend of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre," something along those lines, or "The Town of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Apologies if I got both of those wrong. That was just off the top of my head, but yeah, that would have been a really cool, really cool um, concept. Um, so anyway, the movie starts. Let's get into the movie. The movie starts with the opening scene, and you've got those t- these two assholes who are playing chicken with cars. Um, you know, there's not often times that you watch a film, and within about ten seconds, you're sitting there thinking, "I hope these two get killed in the worst possible way." But these two are awful, awful human beings. You know, they're they're going around shooting their gun in the car, um, playing chicken with with other cars on the road you know just the worst kind of people and um this leads us to get the phone call in the radio studio which is where we first encounter stretch our main heroine as i said before um and these two guys are on the phone it's a request line this you know if you've seen this film you know that this part doesn't really make any sense where they're on the phone to stretch and uh, she can't hang up it makes sense for the plot because of what happens next um and i suppose if they did hang up she would never know 
She would never have known what's happened to these two guys, which would never lead her to Lefty, which would never lead her to the Sawyer family. So, obviously, it's a huge point in this film, but the whole thing is basically these two guys ring up the radio studio, taking the taking the mick, taking the piss out of uh, out of uh, poor Stretch, who's just trying to do a job. She's trying to get them to hang up. LG's in the studio, who's her sidekick, who's her sidekick rather, trying to uh, unplug all the phones. She can't put the phone down. For some reason, it wouldn't disconnect it. Only the caller can disconnect. It doesn't make any sense, and I feel like if there's enough technology for someone to have a car phone, there's enough technology for her to hang up the phone in a radio studio. You know, as I say, this film, it doesn't really make any sense. It's not made to make sense. It's made just for pure insanity which it delivers all in in droves so these two guys these two absolute douches they eventually meet their match because they bump into chop top you don't see chop top at this point but it's you know he's driving the van and leatherface is in the in the back of the pickup and he's carrying a corpse he's kind of attached to him so he's gone full crazy leatherface you know you've got the he's got the human uh, skin mask uh, and then on top of that, he's wearing a corpse. Um, it's fairly well, fairly well known at this at this point in time. But there might be some people listening who didn't know this. But the corpse that Leatherface is carrying—that's actually the corpse of the hitchhiker, his brother in the original film, who ends up getting crushed by a truck <laughs> at the end of the movie. So if you didn't know the the corpse that Leatherface and that's carrying. Um, that they're carrying throughout the whole film is the hitchhiker from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I thought was cool. So you've actually got three returning characters, technically. You know, you've got Drayton Sawyer, Leatherface, and the hitchhiker. Uh, so that's really cool. It adds a bit of continuity, and knowing the Sawyer family and what we know from the original film, what we know from this film, it makes sense they would take the corpse with them. They've got the corpse of their grandma and granddad around with them, although the granddad's somehow alive, but they're carrying the corpse of those two people. You might as well carry the corpse of your brother as well, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, and then Leatherface comes down. He, you know, he saws this guy's head off. It's, an, it's a truly 80s-style death where just the chainsaw comes through the car and then the next shot, the guy's driving, his arms are in the air, there's blood splurting from his head, the guy with the crazy glasses is, is losing his mind. It's an awesome, awesome scene and those two guys definitely got what was coming to them. Um. So, yeah, and then we are introduced to Dennis Hopper's character, Lieutenant Lefty. He is the uncle of uh, Sally and Franklin from the original Texas Chainsaw. So there's a lot of continuity. That there's a lot of things happening in this film that carries on from the Texas Chainsaw one that never is spoken about again, which is why, for me, this is the only direct sequel to the original, even though the whole thing is just insane. So Lieutenant Lefty, he is the uncle of Franklin and Sally from the original and basically he's been hunting the Sawyer family for 14 years or whatever the uh, whatever the uh, the gap was here he's been hunting them for 14 years um trying to find the people responsible for killing his brother's kids um although we find out later on he didn't 
ever see Franklin's body. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> We're jumping a bit ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, Lieutenant Lefty, and he's asking for help. He asks the police. He, he sees that these two guys have been have been chainsawed, so he asks the police if he can put an advert in the paper, uh, which leads Stretch to track down Lefty. And these two become a bit of a team. So Stretch, you know, she teams up with Lefty. Her and Algier are a bit of a team. She's got a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of pals in this film and it's a lot of really interesting dynamics going on. So Stretch tracks down uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Lieutenant Lefty, and um, basically shows him the tape that you know from the from the phone call and says, "I've got this for you. I've got you know I've got evidence. Let's get these guys. Let's get these guys." And Lefty's like, "No, I don't want your help." Hmm. You literally put an advert in the newspaper asking people for help yet someone comes with help and information and you don't want it it's yeah again he ends up wanting to help so she ends up playing the tape on the radio which is what makes the uh, Leatherface and uh, chop top tracker down so he does end up and listen to help but i just thought that was interesting that um yeah he puts the advert in the paper then doesn't want any help it's I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so we've got Drayton Sawyer here, who is obviously the dad from the... The dad or the brother? I think it's the dad. I get the impression it's their dad. Uh, Jim Sidow, he is the only returning actor from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it seems he has been busy in the last 14 years because he has been building up a barbecue empire. Um, he's left... I would imagine he has left his... Um, little shack in the south of Texas behind in the gas station. He's took it on the road and he's got this huge barbecue wagon. And uh, he wins, I think he wins like the the best chili or the be- best uh, barbecue in Texas award. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's collecting his award. <laughs> the, the lady's like, oh, what... Um, you've got to tell us your recipe and he's like oh it's all in the meat the secrets in the meat you know don't spare on the meat and she's <laughs> she's eating the chili and she has like a a bit of a tooth a human tooth and it's like oh don't worry about them they're just the the really hard peppercorns and she's like oh yes yeah yeah that's that's right it's like how has he been doing this for 14 years and <laughs> no one has realized that they're not peppercorns dearie they are teeth uh, so Drayton Sawyer, and he's excellent. I think this is Jim Sidehouse's last film um, of, of his career, and um, he, you know, played an absolutely incredible character in the Cook Drayton Sawyer. He's one of the best characters in the first one, uh, and I'd probably say he's probably uh, well, you know, he's one of the the most entertaining characters in this film as well. He's just he is um, he's hilarious in his own right. I mean, this film is a for the most part, it's a black comedy. It does have horror elements, but there's a lot of times in this film that I just found myself laughing out loud at some of the things that were happening. Um, and a lot of that was down to uh, to Jim Sidow and his comedic timing in a lot of this uh, a lot of this movie. Um, so, oh, another thing that happens in this film. Good God, Lieutenant Lefty he goes chainsaw shopping, and. Um, you know, he doesn't even speak. He just picks up these two chainsaws and he's, you know, he's moving his arms as if how how easily, how freely can I move with these chainsaws? And he's whacks the money on the table and, you know, he said, I want to uh, to try these 
I want to try these uh, chainsaws out. And then the, the owner's like, oh, yes, you can go outside. There's a bit of wood. Just test those chainsaws. And I don't know if Lefty has ever used a chainsaw before, but Jesus, he is he is hammering them. It's a good job he has already whacked the money on the table. And the, the owner of the chainsaw store, he's getting off on this. You know, he's just going absolutely crazy for the fact that Lefty is chainsawing the hell. You know, I think he has a bit of a orgasm to be honest while he's watching lefty uh chop the wood on the uh on the on the with the saw he's ready lefty is ready in this film as we find he is ready to to take on the sawyer family however he's very tardy and doesn't show up on time to the studio after stretch gives him a specific time Uh, and we find here that um this is where Stretch and we, as the audience, meet Chop Top Sawyer for the first time. My favourite character in this movie. And I don't want to say my favourite character in the Texas Chainsaw franchise, but oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Obviously, Leatherface is so iconic, but Chop Top. He's only ever made an appearance in this film. Bill Mosley, if you, you know, Bill Mosley from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects. Bill Mosley actually also plays Drayton Sawyer in Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, I think it's Texas Chainsaw 3D, yeah. Um, because, unfortunately, Jim Seidow had died at that point by the time it had made it. That film's meant to be a, it's meant to be a direct sequel to the original film. Uh, so Bill Mosley, he actually plays two members of the Sawyer family in um, in this franchise. He plays the cook, Drayton Sawyer, in later life, and he plays Chop Top Sawyer. Now, Chop Top Sawyer, he is a Vietnam veteran. He's got this uh, metal plate on his head. So obviously that explains why he wasn't in the original film 14 years ago. He was out fighting in Vietnam. Um, he's got... <laughs> He's just got this crazy look, you know, he's got this Sonny Bono wig, which is one of the best lines when when Leatherface comes out with the chainsaw and saws his head and he's like, Oh leather leather, you've got you got my Sonny Bono wig, man, and it's just oh and he, he's 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 so he's down with he's down with it, he's such a cool guy, but he's obviously an insane cannibal who kills people, so um he's trying to fit in and he's trying to be cool and he's trying to um not be a normal person but he's trying to fit into with society by saying how much he loves music, what his favorite music artists are, but all the while he's just so off the spectrum. It's it's crazy, um. So obviously he comes in. He's he wants a studio tour from from Stretch, who just just kind of teases him along. He's like, "This is the lamp. This is the uh, this is the what she say? This is the pencil case or something. This is the typewriter. Um, this is the, she says something like, "This is the this is the dinosaur. It's like a little dinosaur. It's a shark." Um, and there's the exit, <laughs> and uh, and he's. She said, like, bye. <laughs> He's going, bye-bye. <laughs> She's going, bye. And this goes on for about five times. <laughs> bye-bye. He just doesn't understand the word bye. Um... He's actually he's got uh, another thing that I thought was really cool about the look. I mean, uh, of uh, of of Chop Top. He has this this uh, this hook, kind of like a. Um, like a coat hanger, which scratches his metal plate because it, that must be itchy. It's obviously been a total 
botch job done. He's scratching the metal plate and a bit of skin or a bit of meat comes off. It's, um, yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, the makeup on Bill Mosley for this is incredible. You know, I think it was Tom Savini who did the makeup in this. The makeup that Chop Top has and then for LG's death, unfortunately, later in the film, poor LG, um, that that looks incredible as well. So this leads on to the only, I feel, the only jump scare in this entire film. I know, it's crazy. There's quite a lot of jump scares in the original one, but this is the only jump scare, and it's where uh, Bill Mosley, Chop Top Sawyer, is saying, oh, like, what's in here? Is this where you keep all the oldies? And then out of absolutely nowhere, Leatherface comes, it goes, the lights come on, the 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 volume gets turned up and Leatherface he's chasing uh Stretch through the uh through the studio and obviously Bill Moore's like get him Leather get him get him get him, get the bitch Leather dog will hunt dog will hunt dog will hunt what a line um and this is where we see Leatherface and he's uh he's doing his dance and oh it's it's a very intense it goes on a very long time I think the scene is around fifteen minutes long. But it's a very entertaining scene. Um, LG comes back to the studio. He doesn't realise the insanity that has just happened with Leatherface and Chop Top. And he sees uh, Chop Top doing the, uh, looking through the record collection. He's saying about all his favourites again. And then Le- LG has it rough in this film. LG has it really rough because he's gone. He's ready to go. And I think he only comes back to give stretch either a ride home or to give her some food uh, and he just finds himself getting beaten over the head with a hammer by chop top that guy that is one tough son of a bitch lg because he gets and he gets hit with a chainsaw i don't know whether anything actually whether it hits him or anything like that but he gets hit with a chainsaw he is hitting the head with a hammer he must be hitting the head with that hammer by chop top 10 to 15 times but he somehow manages to survive and this is where we see uh, Leatherface and Stretch have their, you know, their name in a love heart moment where, uh, sorry, Leatherface is is chasing Stretch around the studio uh, and then it's just this incredibly awkward, this incredibly awkward scene where Stretch she sees what his vulnerability is, she sees how she's going to get to Leatherface, she sees that he's a boy trapped in a man's body he's not really he's not really with it so she kind of tries to uh, tries to seduce him and she recog- somehow recognizes that he sees his chainsaw as his dick it's very strange and it kind of ends up where leatherface and stretch have dry sex dry hump sex in the studio where he's kind of pl- humping her with the chainsaw and she's egging him on and egging him on and you know how good are you how good it's it's a very very um awkward scene to watch and it's very disturbing and in the end leatherface comes in his pants from what i can gather anyway (laughs) that's um yeah that is it's it's, a very disturbing scene and if you've uh if you have seen it you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but this is the thing with this film it's completely insane like this radio studio scene it's just completely left field. You know, it goes on for so long and so much happens and it's it's non-stop from start to finish. It's just insanity. Um, so, Chop Top Sawyer, 
and Leatherface, they take LG to their home, and that's where uh, that's why Stretch follows uh, follows them. Now, Lefty, you know, he he gets there in the end, but he's incredibly tardy with his time. What was he doing? You know, I mean, this is a family he's been hunting for fourteen years. He gets so close, he buys the chainsaws, and what does he just have a nap? He just completely forgets that he was meant to meet Stretch at the studio and he's late. We don't really get an explanation for that. But, yeah, he is incredibly tardy with his time. So then we get to kind of act two of the movie, which is the Texas Battleland. Texas, did I say Battlefield before? Texas Battleland. I have it written on my notes here, so yeah. Uh, Apologies about that. Um, It's the Texas Battleland theme park. So the first act is primarily in the record studio, this one, the second act, is all in the Texas Battleland theme park, um, which is just covered in bones, it's covered in <laughs> in dead bodies. And how does... Pe- you know, I get it, this film, you've got to take it tongue-in-cheek, but there is human skeletons outside. Yes, underneath, underground. I mean, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt, as I say... There's lots of skeletons, lots of bodies underground, but there's bodies on top in the theme park. Where are the police? Why are they not coming here? It's a der- the, the theme park is still standing. Yeah, it's probably closed, but um, where where are why aren't the police checking this out? <laughs> because stretch doesn't take long before she gets um, she falls through the trap door and Lefty has to go in and save her. But I just find it insane that the police haven't been to this place. Yes, I get it. It's a movie. But, yeah, it's incredible. Um, so, moving on from that, we we go into the Utilidors, if you will. If you're a Disney theme park fan, you'll get that reference. The, the Sawyer family seem to have created their own kind of Goonies hideout or their own utilidors underneath the theme park where they live. They must live so many hundreds of feet below ground. But it is lit up like Christmas down there. Like there is so many lights. There's corridors where there's literally lamps and lights and everything for miles and miles and miles. Their electric bill and power bill must be insane. It must be through the roof. Why is the council not... Not, not going, huh, that Texas Battleland theme park that we closed how long ago? Ten years ago? Seems to be using a lot of power under the ground. Should we go and check that out? <laughs> it's just, nobody, nobody, nobody bats an eyelid. They have more lights down there than, a, than the Blackpool Illuminations. It's, it's insane. Um, so I say, it's like a bat cave of, of sorts, full of bodies, um... But I suppose that's where we're... I mean, Drayton Sawyer, he has run a successful barbecue business for presumably 14 years. Um, I presume that after the events of the first movie, he kind of shut up shop and and they all went on the run. Uh, and he's been running a successful barbecue business ever since. So much so that he's the he's won the best barbecue in Texas for how many years on the run. So and in, there's a scene near the end where he's offering Lefty some cash. So he's not short of money, but I can't imagine they have bank you know bank accounts either to pay the bills. I don't know. I'm I'm obviously I know I'm talking I'm looking too much into it here, but it's something that um 
has always confused me about this film. <laughs> um, we bump into Franklin, of all people, as well, uh, down there. I know that's kind of pushing on a little bit in the film, but while we're talking about um, the bodies in, in the area, uh, Franklin, we, we see him in his wheelchair. And he still has his flashlight, old Franklin. Um, but they are hundreds and hundreds of miles away from the scene of the original texas chainsaw massacre so did they just i mean they took the hitchhiker's body i suppose but so did they just take franklin's body and put it in the back of the van and drive off <laughs> it's what i just dumped him on like the second floor <laughs> i don't know it in the hope that lefty would find them i don't know it's there's so many bodies in there that have been skinned for milk for, for milk uh, for meat um that I suppose they could maybe Franklin was one of their first victims and they kept him as a prize. Um, the, the the flashlight still works amazingly, but yeah, Franklin he makes an appearance in the second one. So I suppose that's another character, although he's he's a skeleton. Um, but at least it's another character from the first film we see. Again, a little bit of continuity, even though this film is it's it's completely different. And I'd love to know where they how they managed to, to, to get Franklin there. <laughs> I don't know. But obviously Lefty, he he finds Franklin's body and he's like, I'm bringing it all down! I'm bringing it all down! That's kind of all he says for the for this whole part. He, he doesn't really say anything else apart from I'm bringing it all down. I'm like, well, you're bringing it down with you in there. So, more fooled you, Lefty. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, cutting the place up he finds this wall which is covered a little bit of blood comes down very you know convenient that the blood's coming down as he's walking past but yeah he he sees the blood and uh, kicks it open it's full of blood and guts again it's there for effect you cannot believe that they put all those blood and guts there just i don't know just to keep the wall up did they plaster the wall with the blood and guts i don't know it's uh yeah it's one of them it's one of them scenes that you just have to kind of raise your eyebrow but anywho uh moving on we get to the scene where leatherface is cutting up or skinning uh poor lg you know he we think he's dead and i suppose leatherface thinks he's dead at this point as well he's cutting his face off and um he's cutting like his skin off he's cutting his torso skin off and he's hanging them up and he thinks that's a new mask and stretches in there and oh that poor poor girl no wonder she she loses her mind in in the end of this because of what she has gone through is just that poor girl um she sees a friend getting skinned and then on top of that leatherface sees her and at this point leatherface thinks that this is his girlfriend i don't know he feels like it's his friend at least he's he, to him to leatherface he's just had sex with this woman <laughs> so with the saw um so he feels like he's got a connection with Stretch. So he gives her LG's face and makes her wear it. And this, this, you know, poor Stretch, she feels like, you know, she's just seen a friend get killed. She's just been attacked by Chopped Up Sawyer. She's in this incredibly scary Temple of Doom style thing. It, it This poor girl's going through a lot. And then on top of it, she has to wear her friend's face. Um, and Leatherface gets her up for a for a for a little bit of a dance as well. <laughs> it 
<laughs> puts the music on, has a dance while she's wearing LG's face. So Leatherface goes, um, he does something with, with the cook. And we this is where we find out that LG is still alive. That's right. He's been hit in the head with a chainsaw. He's been hit in the head with a hammer more than ten times, very viciously by Chop Top. Uh, he's been he's had his face peeled off. He's had his skin peeled off, his arms off, his torso, and he's still alive. And the makeup job that Tom Savini has done here. One of the it's the best in the film. It is the best in the movie because you know LG gets up. You can see his chest. You can see his ribs. It's madness. The whole thing. But he's still alive. He's not alive for very long. Granted, so you can kind of overlook the craziness and the stupidity that somehow he has survived this. But he he does end up dying fairly quickly once he sees stretch where and stretch is wearing his face oh my god that poor guy these two are going through so much hell in this film he's not only been skinned he's been hit in the head with a hammer he's seen his true love dancing with leatherface of all people he turns and she's wearing his face oh god lg he has it rough in this as i said earlier he has it rough in this movie lg and um yeah, he, he meets a, a bad end and uh, he, he ends up telling Stretch that he loves her and, you know, go, you know, just survive. And it's a really touchy scene. It's a really kind of emotional scene because they're a great team. They're obviously worked together at this radio station for a long time. And, and yeah, poor LG. Off he goes. It's um, quite a quite a, uh, a sad end, but he has been through a lot, so maybe it's probably for the best. There's no way he's going to go back into the real world after this with, with no face. Um, so obviously Stretch tries to escape she tries to escape the utility doors and then Leatherface comes after her. she thinks she actually almost gets out because uh, Lefty he's bringing this down and uh, she's there and all she hears from one end from the other side of the wall is the chainsaw and again so she's so close but it's lefty on the other side of that room it's not leatherface but she doesn't know that so again she does make the right decision she runs away if only lefty had been saying i'm bringing this down at that particular point maybe she would have she would have known and anyway she runs the other way and who does she bump into but leatherface who ends up chasing her down the corridor um with his chainsaw so she has an absolute nightmare there she made a terrible decision but obviously we would make that same decision. If you heard a chainsaw, you you knew this was happening, you would run away. Um, and then we get the, the Drayton Sawyer where he, you know, it's he said, oh, you know, is this your girlfriend, Bubba? We find out that um, Leatherface is called Bubba. Bubba Sawyer. Bubba Sawyer. Leatherface. And uh, again, him and Chop Top are having a laugh and saying, oh, Bubba's got a girlfriend. Bubba's got a girlfriend. And he, <laughs> he said, oh, if you only wanted to know about the sex, boy, you should have just talked to me. I'd have told you about the sex. I was like, ooh, would you, Drayton? Indeed, yes. And he's like, you know, son, in this in this world, he says something like, it's either the Saw or sex and the Saw's family. <laughs> so... Well, there we go. I suppose he chooses a sword. Leatherface, his facial expressions of this, oh, this is where the comedy really lies in this film, is Leatherface's facial impressions, because he's wearing his Leatherface mask, but he has, he has like, 
you know, his eyes are rolling and uh, he look kind of looks like, oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's it just how it's just it's hilarious. His um his whole facial expressions really sell it. His his movement, his facial expressions, Leatherface in this film. Bill Johnson does a awesome awesome job as Leatherface as a comedic character. He does a, he is scary. He is scary, of course, but as a comedic character, his his timing, his facial impressions expressions rather are just on point we get a kind of like a redo of the dinner scene from the original texas chainsaw massacre where again they're sitting around the table and this time it's stretch rather than sally Uh, it's it's in there just for nostalgia purposes i feel like people who went to see the film what in 1974 was it texas chainsaw massacre um people who went to see that film they, they recognize the dinner scene it, it's kind of there's a dinner scene i think in almost every film definitely one in texas chainsaw the next generation because that's where we get matthew mcconaughey saying all right all right all right i don't know if there's a one in number three i get the feeling there is i remember they have pizza but i don't know if it's like an official dinner scene there definitely isn't number four so there's definitely one two and four but we'll see after watch after what rewatch number three just double check but anyway they have this the dinner scene where they wheel out grandpa again and again keep saying it tom savini fantastic makeup in this film um i think he is on record to say that the makeup for grandpa was his most favorite work or the, the work he's most proud of shall i say um and yeah too right sir because it's a great job way better than the makeup for the grandpa in the original one uh there's a lot of close-ups on grandpa's face so you can really they really got a lot of money shots of grandpa in this film because he he looks awesome he really does so again he's there he's trying to bash uh he's trying to bash stretch his head in again it's a it's the same scene you've seen number one it's it's pretty much the exact same thing uh except this time they actually hit her in the head with a hammer. <laughs> it's, they do. It's very frustrating in the first film, but they do hit her in the head with a hammer on this one. But it, it, it's pretty much the same thing as from Texas Chainsaw One. Uh, and then we get Lefty. He finally comes. He finally saves the day. He's finally there um, to to rescue Stretch. And uh, he has this awesome chainsaw battle with Leatherface. What an awesome scene this is. It's kind of like Star Wars. It's kind of, but with chainsaws. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader. Or, or, sorry, Luke versus Vader. But with chainsaws, it's awesome. And it ends up being, um, Drayton Sawyer ends up getting sawn in the ass, And, oh, that must be painful. Um... But Drayton Sawyer, he offers Lefty money. He's like, oh, where are you from? Are you from the health service? Are you from the, the environmental health service? So he says something along those lines. and As if someone from the environmental health service had gone to what must be the sixth floor below ground at the Texas Battleland theme park, threw all these dead bodies just to issue them a summons for their, for their, for their unsanitary practices. It's just brilliant but these people are insane so maybe they would think that straight away uh, so he's offering him money he's um, but then he gets he gets the chainsaw to the ass and then hides under the table uh, and then this is when we get lefty and leatherface just battling it out with the chainsaws and there's this awesome shot 
again, how many times have I said this man's name in this podcast? Tom Savini. Just in, incredible makeup. Lefty, chainsaws, leather face. Right through the right through the uh, the the abdomen and you you see everything it's very gory leatherface turns to the side and the chainsaw is, the chainsaw is hanging out of his back it's just it's it looks awesome it looks very real um and it's it's one of those moments that you're watching it and you think oh my god like you're just marking out if you will it's an awesome scene it's an awesome battle um, we find out as well that the hitchhiker's name from the original film is Nubbins. I know. So we've got the cook, Drayton Sawyer. We have uh, Bubba Sawyer. We have Chop Top Sawyer. And we have Nubbins Sawyer. <laughs> Just to complete the family in the first two films. Um, and he steals a hand grenade. I think he calls it a good luck Charlie. Uh, something like that. He's like, oh, thanks for keeping that good luck Charlie. Uh, gets the grenade and essentially he knows it's over. He he looks at his wound. He sees that he's bleeding to death from the arse. What a traumatic way to go. Um, he sees that Leatherface is defeated because he's got the chainsaw hanging right out of his guts. Um, and it's time to go. It's time. This is it over. Um, so he throws the hand grenade and presumably, we don't know, but... It's kind of the end. We kind of see that the cook, uh, Drain Sawyer, Leatherface, and Lefty all die. Uh, or at least that's what's implied, unless they somehow survived a huge grenade blast. Um, but yeah, that's when Leatherface, uh, Drain Sawyer, and uh, Lefty all die in the explosion. Which again makes you, th- like, number three, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Leatherface can't be a continuation of this film. Leatherface looks totally different in that film as well. The family are totally different, but there's no way anyone survived that blast. So that's why I always think of number three as an almost a soft reboot. I love Ken Foray. We'll get to that film at some point, I'm sure. Um, Ken is in that film. Brilliant actor. One of, again, a true legend in, in horror. Um, and comedy, I suppose, as well. But anyway, he's in that film. Totally different film to this one. And uh, it's it's definitely not a sequel to this one. <laughs> it's almost like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2.1 or 2.2. I don't know, very strange. So the final scene of the movie, we get uh, Stretch and Chop Top battling out. Chop Top is uh, chasing Stretch all the way to the top of uh, of the what looks like what would be the Disney castle of the Texas Battleground theme park. It's like this huge kind of mountain thing. Um that's where they go fighting. This is where we find Grandma. So not only have they managed to wheel Grandpa all this way as well as all their bodies, they managed to wheel Grandma and stick her in the tallest point of the Texas Battleland theme park as maybe like a shrine to the family. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really touch it. She's holding her own chainsaw because the saw is family, remember? And, uh, yeah, Stretch gets the chainsaw and she's trying to rev it up and... Um, Chopped off, it's like, you killed grandma, you killed grandma. It's like, well, if you look at her, chopped up, she looks pretty dead and has looked pretty dead for a long, long time. She looked dead, she was dead 14 years ago. She's even more dead now, man. Um, but anyway, she eventually gets the chainsaw and she defeats, uh, she defeats chopped up. He falls to his death, although I kind of feel like he could probably survive that fall, but. 
he doesn't make another appearance as Chop Top, unfortunately. But yeah, he he falls to his death, let's say that. Uh, and then the final scene is Stretch and she's doing the chainsaw dance that we see Leatherface doing in the original. And I feel like that as well is something that people don't like. Stretch has been through a lot. She's lost her mind and on the same kind of on the same kind of thing as Sally, uh, where she's catatonic almost. She's lost her mind. She's been through so much. There's no going back. There's no going back to that radio station after what happened to her. So it kind of makes sense that she would lose her mind, but they only put that in there as a bit of a maybe as a bit of a tribute to the original one. I don't know, but I think that again, that ending people don't like. I think if it ended just before that, with Chop Top going to his death, um, and even if she was wielding the chainsaw and didn't do the dance, I think people would probably still be. I think people would be a bit happier with that, but but hey ho. Um, so that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. That I think we went through pretty much the whole movie there. We didn't really go through the whole movie last week for uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was very you know, choppy, but I feel a lot happier with, with this review. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is, I say, it's my favourite film in the franchise. I'm not going to rank them because we're going to do, as I said last week, we're going to do a couple of Rank That Franchise episodes and we definitely will do a one for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I, I just want to say as well, although maybe from earlier on when I was talking, I might have sounded like I dislike this franchise. I'm a big fan of the Texas Chainsaw franchise. I'm a big fan of all of the original four films as separate films, not as a series or a, or a continuation of each other, definitely not, um, not as one continuous story because there definitely isn't one, but as four separate movies, I suppose this one and the first one as a, as a double kind of feature, I'm a big fan and I am one of the very few people who speak highly of all four of those films that I know. I'm a big fan of the remakes, but I'm not a big fan of uh, Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw 3D but the original four in the series I am genuinely a big fan of I think there's some some really big names in there and some awesome characters um, and yeah I am, I am a fan I am a fan of the Texas Chainsaw but this is my favourite one in the series I just think it's so out there it's so unapologetically insane it's from start to finish it's a complete roller coaster ride it's, it's non-stop it goes from 100 to 100 there's no stopping it. Yes, it is a long film. It's something around 100 minutes, 101 minutes this rack's in at. Um, but I think it's worth it. And if you haven't seen this film, I should have probably, I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't seen it, but um, apologies because I've just spoiled the whole thing for you. Um, but uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is, is something you need to check out. If you're a horror movie fan, Definitely check it out because I think I think you're probably doing yourself a bit of an injustice because one way or the other, you're going to have an opinion on this film. You're not just going to watch it and go, yeah, yeah, that was all right. No, no way. You're going to watch this film and go, that was the one of the best things I've ever seen, one of the craziest things I've ever seen, or you're going to go, that was absolutely horseshit and you'll be annoyed. Either way, you will have an opinion on this film. Um, but I'm a big fan. So, as a rating for this film, uh, it's a difficult one because it's it's not the it's not a it's not a great film in the fact of um, the story or anything. But it is an incredibly entertaining film. It's it's not a it's not you know a masterpiece. 
scare anything like that. Far from it. But it is a very entertaining film. And that's what we watch movies for, to be entertained. So I'm going to give this film, and and I think a lot of people who might be listening to this are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, but we all have different opinions, different styles. That's what I said last week. So we, I'm going to give this film a seven out of ten. It's just just because it's one of my favourites. I, I watched this as a kid. I thought it was crazy. Um, it felt like a light-hearted version of the Chainsaw. Mask. I thought as a kid the Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was terrifying, and there were certain scenes in that film that really you know stuck with me and made me not want to watch that film again obviously i did and i I love it it's an absolute masterpiece it's a horror classic but watching texas chainsaw 2 it it's much more light-hearted there's some laugh out loud moments um great makeup great characters and of course the debut of the legend that is bill mosley so you can't really go wrong um, in terms of the best kill in this film, how many people die in this film? I don't think there's that many. Um, there's the two guys at the start. There's LG. There is... Well, I suppose everyone dies, but Leatherface dies with a chainsaw. They all die in the uh, in the explosion. So I suppose there is a few deaths, actually, yeah, but not so much kills, more, more deaths. But... So, anyway, my favourite kill in this film has to go to... I should have wrote this down. I should have really had a think about this before I started recording the podcast. I am going to have to say my favourite kill is the guy in the car at the very start. Um, Just seeing here that the guy's names are Buzz and Rick. Ugh, God. Obviously, that's their names. Um... I'm not too sure which one gets his head sewn off, but for me, that is the best kill in this film. And what a way to start. You know, you've got the introduction of Leatherface again with the hitchhiker corpse attached to him. He just saws the guy's head off. His arms are wailing. The head's going. The guy in the passenger seat with the stupid glasses on is is going is going crazy. He's terrified. It's a great it's a great kill. So yeah, best kill for me, I would say the guy at the start of the film who gets his head gets his head sawn off. Uh, so before we go, um, we will run through some trivia of the film. I did run through quite a lot of trivia that I already knew about the film throughout this review. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you learned something about the movie if you didn't already know it. Um, but if not, then you know that's fine as well. If you if you already knew those things, that's fine. Um, it's a classic film. It's a cult classic, and a lot. If you're a fan, you're a fan. You'll know you'll know a lot of the things I'm talking about. Um, So, a few bits of trivia here. Again, we did this last week with uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's do it again this week with the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I I think a lot of, like I say, a lot of these um, I've already said, so I'm going to try and find some that I haven't already said, and then... And then, you know, we can go from there. So probably only say three or four bits of trivia about the film. But let's go. Let's do it. Um, so the family sh- the family group shot, as seen in the advertisements, posters, and video covers, uses the same positioning as the promotional group shot for the movie The Breakfast Club, which came out in 1985. This film came out in 1986. So it came out a year later. So that, again, you would probably think to yourself... 
what am I getting into? If you look at that poster, you've got, I'm looking at it right now, you've got the grandpa, you've got Drayton Sawyer, you've got Chop Top, you've got the Hitchhiker's Corpse on there, you've got Leatherface. Um, what's the tagline? Let me just see if I can uh, zoom in here. My eyes are terrible. Ah, it just says, after a decade of silence, the buzz is back. The buzz is back. Yeah, very good. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but that probably would have gave audiences a bit, a bit of a light-hearted, I suppose, insight into what they were going to expect. I would have loved to have been in the theatre watching this. Now, this was before I was even born this film came out. But I would have loved to have been in the theatre and in the first theatre when this debuted. What people were expecting and what they got, man, their heads must have been absolutely destroyed like what am i watching here this isn't texas chainsaw massacre um but it is <laughs> and it's it's awesome um right here we go oh, yeah so this is this is the one here um yeah sorry I, I totally got the name wrong before um this is why i should write things down like this so let me just correct myself before with this bit of trivia um director toby hooper and co-writer of the original texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 kim henkel originally had an idea for a sequel that would feature an entire town of cannibals and also and would also be a satire of the film Mortel Hell, which itself was a satire of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can see the direction they're going with this film already and, and it kind of transcending into the actual finished article. Um, the title of the sequel was to be Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um... I wonder uh, if that is how the Murder Dolls got the album title Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. Probably. Yeah. Murder Dolls play a lot of songs about horror movies, so I would say that's probably a good shout. Um, but anyway, but the studio forced considerable changes to be made to the screenplay, even hiring a new screenwriter, and the result of those changes are what became Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Hmm. What was that original film like? Oh my god. <laughs> Like, if they rewrote it to this, this film's a mindfuck. So God knows what that film, that film was like. God, but I would love them to make this film, or someone make that film, Beyond the Valley of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Someone needs to make that film. Um, Bill Mosley has said that his role as Chopped Up is his favourite of his own. I presume that means favourite of his entire career. I mean, considering, you know, his most famous role is Otis Driftwood in the uh, in the Firefly trilogy from Rob Zombie. But this movie, this character, yeah, I can totally see where, where he'd be coming from there because, because he's awesome in this. And he's just, he, I get the impression he's got total free will with this. You know, he was kind of like the direction of the character, the direction of the character, rather. Um, he totally is just let loose. And what a debut. So, yeah, I totally see that totally see that um right let's see what else we have here um a lengthy scene in which the sawyer family goes out hunting for prime meat was cut for pacing but is present in the gruesome edition dvd yeah this film's long enough i don't think we need any more scenes that are going to make this film any crazier um because <laughs> this film's insane from start to finish uh da -da 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 -da. 
Oh, when the BBFC notified Canon that at least 20 minutes and possibly 25 minutes would have to be trimmed, Canon aborted its plans for a planned UK release in 1986. Damn those BBFC. Well, I wasn't born for another good amount of years after that. Um, (laughs) So, unfortunately, it didn't really um, uh, affect me. But yeah, if I was really looking forward to this film, I would have been really pissed if I was British. Well, I am British, but yeah, damn. We'll go with one more, and uh, and then we will wrap this up. Let's see. Let's see if we can find this. Ah, this is a good one. Let's go with it. Thank you for staying with me. <laughs> uh, Gunnar Hansen was approached to reprise his role as Leatherface, who was obviously Leatherface in the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw, um, but he claimed to have been offered skill plus 10%, which 10% with 10% going to his agent, when he replied that he had no agent, uh, which I suppose in those day and age... Um, not a lot of people, maybe people, it wasn't like, like it is today, especially on these lower budget films. I mean, this film had a much higher budget than the original one, so you reckon they could have given him some more. But anyway, they offered him scale without the additional 10%. Hansen found the offer too low. Uh, unit publicist Scott Halton offered an alternative story, though, claiming Hansen, uh, uh, oh, good God, what the hell is this word? Vacillated about the part? Um, argued about the part? Good God, what? who writes these things? Uh, I don't think that's a word. Sorry, I cannot read, obviously, um, about the part, and the offer was rescinded. Halton didn't believe the average viewer was even aware of who the original actors were, claiming who are Neil Hansen or Burns. Ooh, come on, Marilyn Burns, Gunnar Hansen, these are iconic names in horror. You know, Sally, Leatherface. But yeah, I mean, I can see you maybe found that a bit of an insult. You know, Texas Chainsaw was obviously a huge hit. It took 14 years to get a sequel, mind. But that was... I think mainly because the film was so was so different it, it, for the direction that maybe Toby Hooper wanted to take this film. He probably did have to wait a little while longer before before making it. Um, so yeah, I can kind of see that. But this film had a much higher budget. I mean, this the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two um, was made for four point seven million dollars. Um, let me just see if I can find the um, how much the original Texas Chainsaw was made for. So that was $4.7 million. My God. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I knew it was low. I knew it was low. I didn't know it was this low. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, was made for between $80,000 and $140,000. Wow. That is insane. And altogether made a box office of $30.9 million dollars wow whereas in comparison this one was made 4.7 million dollars and i think it only made around about eight or nine million at the box office so the numbers were much lower but this was the 80s there were slasher films coming out every week whereas in the 70s especially in 1974 people maybe hadn't seen anything like this before so word must word will spread and people will have gone uh, to watch it so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've all enjoyed the show. We've went a bit longer this week than last week. I think we're going to be just over an hour this week. But there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot to discuss. This is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, one of the most insane films ever made. I hope I haven't bored you to tears. I hope you've stuck with me till the end. Uh, and if you've stuck with me to the end, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, if you know we're on, I think we're going to be on Apple Podcasts as well, so you can leave a rating there. Um, and if you didn't like the show, give us another try next week. We're going to have episodes every week talking about 
talking about a different horror movie each week. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll put one week I'll put two episodes out if I'm going to do a rank the franchise maybe one week who knows we might put two out um, at the moment I'm not going to over promise to under deliver I'm just going to promise one episode a week which I know I can definitely deliver and if there's any more episodes in that week then that's just that's just a bonus uh, so I hope you have enjoyed it I'm not too sure what movie we'll be reviewing next week at this point um, yeah I mean last week when I'd done A Nightmare on Elm Street, I knew I wanted to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. But I'm not too sure what I'm going to watch this week. Uh, I have watched a few movies this week already. Um, but we I don't think I'm going to talk about those ones. I think I'm going to choose something a bit different next week. So it'll be a surprise. <laughs> um, so I hope you enjoyed the show as i've said thank you so much for joining me uh and i will see you all next week and in the meantime everyone stay scared my eyes are deceiving me what you see is real what's done is done and what i've done is right it's the work of science Yeah.